welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and here to celebrate Women's History Month with me is Brooke Garcia. She is President and CEO of Four Seasons Transportation out of Alberta, Canada. So Brooke, welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. Thank you, Kurt, for having me. I'm excited to be here. No, it's great. Um, and I know that, you know, over time we talked about, you know, your background and journey in student transportation. And I think it's such a great story. I'd love for you to share it, you know, with the listeners and let them, you know, know all about your evolution in student transportation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my journey in student transportation is, I mean, I suppose it could be similar to some, but complete opposite of others. So, you know, I uh, actually stumbled upon student transportation. This wasn't something I was raised in or was seeking out. So, you know, back, uh, it would have been about 11 years ago, I had my six-month-old daughter in tow and I went out looking for work. I actually didn't want to go back to a full-time job. I wanted to do something with my daughter and I happened to stumble upon a company that was transporting students with disabilities on the outskirts of our city. So they were doing rural work. And I was I was one of four drivers at the time, and I think it was four or five of us. And there I went with my little six-month-old, hopped in the vehicle, and off we went driving, starting driving kids. So I did that for a bit, and I quickly fell in love with the business. I fell in love with the industry. Um, it was something that I was very passionate about, having a sibling with a disability myself. So I ended up learning everything about the business. Uh, I worked in the mechanics department, in the accounting department, um, operations, I did everything, learned it from the small size it was, and then eventually moved on to buying in as a 50-50 partner, and then eventually buying the the founder out completely. So it was, it's been an exciting journey, but I kind of learned it from this very small stage and have been able to grow it into the almost um, 500 employees we have today. So, Yeah, I think it's a great story. And then, of, of course, when you, you know encounter employees, you can always say to them, like, yeah, I, I remember doing what you do, you know, and how important it is and, you know, have empathy for, you know, the things that they do every day. So I think it's a really, really, really great story. I want to transition a little bit to Four Seasons Transportation itself and for you to give the listeners, you know, an, an outline of the company and who you serve and and, you know, how that's kind of grown over the years, too, because I know that you and I have had conversations and the growth you've had has just been tremendous. Well, thank you, Kurt. No, that's uh, nice of you to say. So we so Four Seasons Transportation is an exclusive provider of special needs transportation. So we only transport children living with disabilities. We started that way and we've been able to really stay focused on our niche. We saw that as an underserved market. You know, we have parents that Otherwise, couldn't go to work, right? If these kids um, can't get to school, these are incredibly high needs kiddos with a, a vast, uh, you know, different degrees of disabilities and things that they're struggling with. A lot of our kids that we transport are kicked off of other providers' uh, buses. They're too high needs to be transported in a typical environment. So they come to us and we make the impossible possible with these kids, kids that otherwise wouldn't even sit still. So that's where we've found we can be really support the student transportation industry is we support with these really high needs kids. You know, we've always had this very uh, people focused approach with our, with our drivers and our children. And because of that, we've really honed in on the compassionate side of transportation. And that's lined up perfectly with 
just staying focused in the special needs area. That's what we do. And that's why we stay there. I mean, it's been at times tempting to move over. We have people will constantly be approaching us. So why don't you take your model to big bus? You do so well in special needs. You could execute this with all children, but you know, we've managed to stay where, where we're at and we're comfortable here. Um, it's what we do well and we want to keep uh, serving this community. So. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a great perspective. Now, you know, you did mention that, you know, one of the things that I, I think fueled your growth is the fact that, you know, you recognized a, a need, you, you, in essence, four seasons, you in four seasons, you know, filled the void. But a, as you think back on your journey, Brooke, and, and other things that have made, may have helped fuel your growth, does anything, you know, specific come to mind? And I may be asking you to give away the recipe for the special sauce, but, but, you, you know, you, you obviously got to where you are, you know, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, is anything come to mind as far as that? You know, when I think about our big difference here, it's our people. We put a lot of intentional work into hiring the right person. You know, I always say to our staff and when we're training our HR teams and hiring teams is you can train anyone to drive a bus, but you can't train someone to be compassionate with children. So for us, we really are focused on hiring the right person and we train the skills on how to be a driver or a bus aide or, you know, someone who's supporting with on the nursing side. So I think that's been something that's definitely been a differentiator for us is we start with the person and we keep this as a, you know, being in transportation with students, you know, we keep it focused on the person first and, you know, having that right team in place, you know, it's so important for children, especially with disabilities, to have that consistent a person showing up every day, they have a bond and a relationship with them. The family trusts them, you know, that, and because we've been able to focus on that um, and not get too big too fast, and we've been able to still maintain that ability of that one-on-one service, you know, lots of lines of communication, you know, even the structure of support you heard of, I was talking about before about me being a driver at one point, right? I, I see myself as anybody else. There's no one that's more important than the driver or the bus attendant in the unit, right? That is the number one. And we haven't lost sight of that. And I do think that's probably a lot to do with our success is that we've been able to keep our people first. And that would mean, you know, everybody, including the families and the students. And that's hard. It's hard when you're dealing with chaos, if you're dealing with, you know, buses running late and kids that are, you know, possibly trying to jump out your bus door or window or who knows what. Right. It's challenging, but, you know, to keep that as the focus of, you know, when, especially in a driver shorter situation, when you could throw on anyone and you're desperate but remembering that that's just short term, that the long term here is to keep these kids transported in a safe, calm environment so they can be set up for success in their school every day. So I, I, I suppose that would probably be our thing that's made us different. So, uh, you know, there's a special four season school bus driver, you know, training program that, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about. And I agree with you that especially in special needs, although I, I think it does mm-hmm. also apply to the general student, you know, population. Mm-hmm that the consistency of, you know, what you offer and the consistency of the same, you know, smiling face for children to see every day mm-hmm. is, is vitally in, important. But I, I guess then it goes back to you and Four Seasons being able to have, you know, a, a concerted effort with a training program to ensure that, you know, the folks you get uh, in the door, as you mentioned, are kind of long-term 
you know, adding a, a value proposition to, to what Four Seasons does as a whole. So tell, tell us a little bit about your driver training program and, and you know, things that you do to, to you know, to prepare folks. Uh, because like you said, you mm-hmm. were answering an ad, right? Or you were look, looking for work. I <laughs> uh, didn't necessarily know the ins and outs you know, of uh, student transportation. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we can attract people from all walks of life. Oh, absolutely. And that is the truth. I mean, we have some fantastic drivers that have come to us with many years of experience, but generally speaking, especially when you're talking about children with disabilities, this is a person that's just passionate about um, children or the community or serving their city in some way and giving back. So we have people from all walks of life come to us. And for that reason, more likely than not, they know nothing about what we're doing um, as far as actually how to drive a bus, right, or how to manage challenging behaviors. So we focus a lot of energy into our training program. We have a online training program, and we also have an in-house training program where they are behind the wheel, and they're learning securements of wheelchairs and harnesses and car seats and in a lab setting and then also in the field. So we partnered up with a local a few different professors here in our local area, we developed a very comprehensive training program that went well beyond just driving a bus. So we really focus on the disability aspect and, and, and educating people on these are the kind of kiddos we're transporting and, you know, super customer service focus. And then of course, being best in class with our driving. It's very challenging. You know, there's, I always joke around people saying that there's two types of drivers, you know, one that you have a driver that's sitting there and they get a shoot shoes thrown at their head and they freak out and the other one is thinking okay there's just one left <laughs> right it's only one to go so those are the kind of yeah those are the kind of people you want right yeah. i love so, it i those love are the it kind of yeah yeah that's true anyone who knows our industry is like it's like oh my gosh to last in this industry you have to get used to shoes being thrown at you so anyways so yeah we train them on how to manage those kind of challenging behaviors you know we have kiddos that try to escape from harnesses. So we're working on vast, like a big, uh, lots of different strategies and calming techniques and things like that for these kids. And then, so we've created quite a program about 80 hours per driver and that, or attended, and that would go into also workshops throughout the year and an annual renewal of all of their skills so that we're keeping them best of class and adding um, kind of any new trends or any new challenges we're seeing come up. We would add that to the training to be an ongoing thing and continuous. And, you know, one of the things that keeps our drivers around is our training program. A lot of our people, the only certificate, because it's a certified program, the only certificate they'll ever get is this program. So they're very proud. They hang their certificate with pride. They tell people that they're a certified transfer care specialist. That's what we refer to them in our, in our company. And that comes with a lot of pride. And that's something Four Seasons is incredibly proud of that we've developed a recognition in the industry and that people, you know, wear that as a badge of honor. So. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, something that came to mind when you, you, you know, you were talking about, you know, your training program is that, you know, leadership takes many different, takes on many different forms. And so, you, you know, while sometimes it's easy to say, Oh, you know, we have this kind of environment where, you know, people come and go as they please and they do this as long as the work gets done. And I look at student transportation, I was like, yeah, that, that, that model sounds great. But in what we do, there's got to be a level of, you know, discipline and there's got to be a level of coordination, uh, you know, amongst, you know, we'll, we'll call it the unit, the entire unit, you know, of, 
your in your case four seasons but in in cases uh, of other companies you know what their unit you know unit is mm-hmm. and so I guess the question I'm going to throw out at you is in in terms of leadership because I think you're doing it whether you whether you look at it that way or not. You know how important is is that providing that leadership for your drivers and and for your staff members important? And I, I think once you kind of teach leadership, then mm-hmm. people recognize it for what it is, and then they can provide it as well. So I'm wondering if if mm-hmm. you see that in your environment, because what you outlined to me is a great kind of example of, of initially providing leadership and giving people the skill set they need to succeed and, and then letting them do their job. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, we're huge on the empowerment model here. We, I believe that, you know, you promote from within that this idea of that leadership is actually at the bottom of the pyramid and the students are at the top, right? Right there with the drivers. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you can teach your team, like we have, we have programs, workshops, training just on leadership skills and working on that, because that's not always natural, right? To be able to be confident in what you're doing and feel empowered to make a decision or know that your company or your employer is going to give you grace if you make a mistake, right? They're going to forgive you and see that as a learning opportunity. So Brooke, uh, one of the areas, obviously, that uh, you have to focus on is accessibility, you know, for your students on on your vans and buses. Um, and, and I look at student transportation as a whole, is a lot of folks don't recognize, like, all that's done to get that bus there on time. And I'm sure that's multiplied, you know, in the special needs realm, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background that... Uh, allows you to do what you do every day, but not necessarily, you know, seen by the general public and, and perhaps not even by the mm-hmm. the families of the children's that children that you, you know, that you transport each and every day. But can, can you give us an idea of, you know, what you do to ensure that, you know, your students have, you know, access to that yellow bus and some of the things that you, you know, you have to do behind the scenes mm-hmm. to accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always the funny thing about student transportation. It's such an underpraised market, but industry, you know, without but without our, our student transportation industry, kids wouldn't be getting to school. It's funny because you see, you don't really pay attention to school buses until you're in the industry. And it's almost like it happens without anyone even knowing it's, it's happening. It's such a behind the scenes thing, but such a critical component of society, which I always find peculiar because people don't notice this massive school bus until it's like, you know, until you're actually talking about it. But yeah, there is so much that all of us contractors and people that are dealing with transportation goes into it to make it successful day in and day out. It is with no small feat to ensure a bus is on time and children are delivered in a safe way. So, you know, for us in the disability world, it's very easy for us to focus on children in wheelchairs because when you think of special needs, you think of more than likely um, you would think of someone in a wheelchair or someone with physical uh, mobility challenges. And that's actually the smallest population that we would transport or anyone would actually transport. You know, a lot of what we do is kiddos that have the unseen disabilities or the less noticeable ones to the normal human. So, you know, for us, it's, we really have to focus on, you know, for instance, are the bus windows tinted enough? Because when we drive by at a certain time of day during sunrise and it blinds the kids, that could be a trigger for a child with autism. You know, we have to make sure when I'm buying the units that I'm looking for a unit that has a sound dampened engine 
because that could be a trigger to a child that has sensory issues and can't stand the sound of a humming engine. You know, when we buy our units, you know, of course, we're buying best in class lift units and securements and for wheelchairs, you know, you may, you have to make sure there's harnesses on board for those kiddos that are Houdinis and like to escape, <laughs> you know, car seats for some children that may have just came out of a, you know, integrated car seats on school buses are so critical for someone who isn't in the disability world. You may think that'd be great for a, a toddler, but for us in our world, children that have spine issues and can't hold themselves up, that integrated car seat is the way they get to school. You know, for us, that's huge. You know, we, we have a lot as far as additional supports on the bus. You know, we would, we install TVs on our bus. We have make sure that the music is perfect for kids. You know, we have a kiddo that will only listen to a certain station. So it's very challenging for us because some kids like rock music and others like techno and, you know, you're constantly balancing. So for us, you know, when we buy our units, we have to make sure they're fully equipped with the ability to hook up different types of music. And, you know, and, and another one for us is temperature. It's amazing how students with disabilities are so sensitive to temperature regulation. And where we're located in Canada, it is cold, like super, super cold. So we, at certain times, our buses are, you know, we need to make sure we have adequate heat on there. And then the summer months, we need to make sure we have adequate cooling, you know, for either sensory reasons or for actual physical reasons. You know, we transport children that are, have nurses on board as well. And overheating could be life or death for them. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into ensuring that bus is, you know, a safe space for those kids, a calm environment and a safe environment. And then on top of that, making sure those kids are on time, right? So, but yeah, there's, this bus is like really like a little special, I don't even know what to call it, but on wheels, you know, it's just moving around, perfectly regulated, temperature controlled, sound controlled environment for success. It's, but it is like, yeah, it's lots of things. Lots of things people don't even realize. But it's a lot of work in this industry, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, it's it's funny because you know, you, you come on a podcast and I ask you, you know, a question to outline it. So it's not like student transportation and and folks like you go around, you know, outlining this to everybody, <laughs> you know, because you're just busy doing what you do every day, and we, you know, we thank you for that. But you know, I think if we plop somebody down who wasn't in student transportation and they listened to your last answer, they would say, my gosh, I didn't realize all that goes, you know, all those factors that go into, you know, providing this. I'm just happy they pick up my child, you know, uh, on time every day. So, so yeah. it's great that you, you know, you outline that. And I think, it, you know, I'm, I just try to take opportunities on the podcast to highlight that because otherwise, yeah. you know, people wouldn't understand, you know, especially in a, a challenging time, like with the driver, sure, he's not going to understand like, mm-hmm. hey, folks, we got to keep this system going because it's so important. And here are the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, the- I, I genuinely believe that in student transportation, if people look at us as a whole, as a group, that student transportation has the best in mind at all time of those students and for people to be patient with us because it is challenging for all right. of us at this time, but to be like, to thank your driver, to thank your teams, because I can genuinely tell everyone student transportation is an industry that is giving it a hundred percent and everyone's trying right now. <laughs> and yeah. it, it as pedal- much as it may not seem like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pedaling as fast as we can, mm-hmm. as I yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like to say. So, so listen, yeah. you and Four Seasons, or I guess you specifically received a recognition from Avenue Magazine out of Calgary recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, kind of a all-encompassing recognition 
not only just for what you do every day with student transportation, but also the work culture that Four Seasons has. Can you talk a little bit about the the recognition and and I know that you probably want to give credit to your team for you know you're you're the face <laughs> of it, but I'm sure that they had a lot to do with you getting that recognition. That's nice of you. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of an awkward time to get an award. You kind of felt bad being acknowledged for something in the middle of COVID. But it was nice for our team. It was nice to see that people are still um, recognizing, you know, people that are working hard. I mean, I when I fell in love with Four Seasons, I felt like it was because it was a place that I fit. I can, I would be the first person to tell anyone I would make a horrible employee. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for that reason, like, that's the truth, though. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> would tell people that that I wanted to create a workplace where I woke up every single day and I was excited to come to work. And I knew if I didn't develop a place like that, a culture like that, that I would be miserable. So, and I wanted a place where people were proud to work and show up every day. And for me, you know, that's all about our culture. And, and I have been laser focused on creating a culture that people feel like no matter where they're from or their walk of life or that they fit here and they belong here. And this is a company that will accept them and invest in them and give back to them. And because of that, we have this strong corporate culture. We have a strong environment where people, we have fantastic retention. Yeah, we just have a very people-focused company. And I guess in, because of that, I was recognized, which was very <laughs> kind. And, you know, but for me, being the leader of this business, I, I guess it just kind of comes second nature. I I'm very passionate about offering education to children, like equal access to education to all children. And because of that, you know, there's no one that is more important than our front line. So for me, I guess that in turn came up with a couple of really cool awards for us this last year. And it's super awesome through a really challenging last two years for our company to be uh, recognized and seen as a leader in the industry and for, to you know, people needed that. And yeah, it's something I'm definitely proud of. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Well, listen, time's running a little short, but I did want to put a plug in for our upcoming Mm -hmm. NSTA flash webinar, Evolving Trends in Special Needs Transportation. You are one of the panelists, my friend. So (laughs) I don't want you to give away the whole story Mm -hmm. because we want people to to kind of uh, register and tune in on on May 11th. But but what are some, at a high level, Brooke, what are some of the issues that you're going to talk about? I think we're definitely going to, uh, some of the areas that I would say as far as trends and evolving trends in student tra- special need transportation, you know, we're going to look at areas of diagnosis, earlier diagnosis in children, program opportunities, um, additional funding for specialized transportation. Those are some of the areas that I see as some trends that I've seen over the last um, decade here in, in this area. Um, and also about technology and how that's supporting, supporting our special needs community and or, you know, staying focused on that people aspect, even in a world that's becoming more automated. So those are a couple of areas that I would say um, people can uh, look forward to hearing about and learning a bit more. Great, great. Well, listen, I thank you for, you know, helping us celebrate Women's History Month at NSTA, the bus stop. If folks want to connect with you and or and or find out more about Four Seasons Transportation, because you have such a great story, where can they go to find that information? We, um, I mean, our website's the best place, fourseasonstransport.com. You'll learn lots about us there, and that can, from there, you can go to our uh, different social media pages and connect with us that way. Great, great. Hey, Brooke, thanks for joining us at NSTA, the bus stop. 
This is Brooke Garcia, president and CEO of Four Seasons Transportation, and that's out of Alberta, Canada. Such a great story, and thanks for sharing it with us and the listeners at the bus stop. So be well, Brooke. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Take care.